This is Top Landing Gear. Welcome to Top Landing Gear and part two of our Christmas special. We'll be putting more of your questions and ours to our aviation expert James Cartner and announcing the winner who sent in the best question as a judge by Roy and they'll be awarded a Top Landing Gear prize chosen by Roy. Looking forward to finding out what that's going to be. So stay tuned for that. Also a reminder that we have a very special Christmas guest whose interview we'll be releasing on the 22nd of December, just in time for Christmas. More on that later. So before we get going, some Christmassy introductions are in order and how appropriate that we should be in a stable. There's straw on the floor, there are donkeys sitting around the table. <laughs> <laughs> and and leading us all here, our guiding star from Scouting for Girls, Roy Stride. Oh, Happy yes. Christmas, everybody. Happy oh, Christmas. Bless you. Now, he loves a sherry, this guy, but we couldn't squeeze him down the chimney, so he came in through the door. Ho, ho, ho. It's our pilot, James Cartner. <laughs> Hello. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, Jimbo. Yes. Lovely. And there's our man of agriculture who's never more at home than when he's got his head up the back end of a pantomime cow, my brother, <laughs> Jez Curling. Hello, everyone. Happy Christmas. Thank you, Jez. And playing the front end, Moo. Me, uh, broadcaster Rob <laughs> Curling. Hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> enjoying the, the sort of cracker joke so far? Oh, better than it. the last ones. Well, yeah, that's not even good. How, not now, good. how are people going? Presents bought, decorations up, advent calendars? Yeah, bought advent calendars, yeah. calendars oh. opening. Yeah, you got a nice of, advent calendar, didn't you? A lovely advent calendar from a brother. Oh, that was nice of him. Yeah, generous, the, isn't he? Thoughtful. Yeah, from the RAF Museum. Fantastic. Yeah, Loved beautiful. It. Thank Did you have a little... Model aeroplane in each window. It's got a picture of an aeroplane. Okay. It's got pictures of lots of aeroplanes, yeah. all of which are on display at the museum. Yeah, it's great. Mm. I loved it. Mm. I even managed to identify some of them. You did. Yeah, and all the answers are on the back. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's a that's, lovely that's advent calendar. It really is. Yeah. yeah, from the RAF Museum. Fantastic. Now a reminder that uh, we'll come on to the Ask James Part Two in a moment uh, when we'll ask the questions you sent in and our own as well. But first of all, <laughs> we need to hear more of Jez's Jumbo Jim. Quick facts. In the last episode, listeners, you'll you'll have uh, become You're aware of. Off. <laughs> you'll have become aware of James's rather disappointing early years, but um, the bug of flight. I beg your pardon. The bug of flight. All right, say that more clearly next time. The, the bug, bug of, of flight, flight had captured James at a young young age. So the desire to fly was always there and we go way back to 1984 when Jimbo gained an RAF flying scholarship at Goodwood on the PA-38 Tomahawk and after his sojourn into the city began officer training with the RAF in 1991. Basic training on the Takano T1 at RAF Cranwell followed until 1993 and then invoking his best Tom Cruise, James moved on to the advanced flying training course at RAF Chivener on the Hawk T1 fast jet. Finding that fast, jet and advanced were not to James's, or in his case, the RAF's liking, 
<laughs> he was, in his own words, specially selected for helicopter training. Yes. And this is where his RAF career proper begins. RAF Shawbury takes fast jet reject James and puts him together again in their own special rotary winged way. <laughs> Training on the Gazelle and Wessex HC2 uh, took him through to the Wessex OCU course at RAF Benson and his first operational tour. Then on to RAF Odium and the OCU for the Puma, the helicopter that was to take James all over the world. Posted to Northern Ireland, one of James's first sorties on a frontline unit, as we've already heard, was an urgent scramble to airlift a cow from a ditch. <laughs> Other duties in Northern Ireland followed. A return to Shawbury in 1999 saw James complete the QHI course on the Squirrel HT1. He then went on to instruct in both basic and advanced rotary flying for the RAF, Royal Navy and Army Air Corps. Back on the Puma at Benson, the outbreak of the Second Gulf War saw James deployed to Iraq between 2003 and 2006, where he took part in, amongst others, Operation Telic, and also included ops with British Special Forces. Further tours to Iraq followed up until 2008, when James left the Air Force as a flight lieutenant and with an AOC's commendation in the 2005 New Year's Honours list to his name. Did he leave voluntarily? We've never asked that question. That's <laughs> not to ask. Now in Civvy Street, James took a number of helicopter flying jobs while completing his fixed wing ratings on commercial jets and finally entering the world of fair paying uh, passengers. His loft to the RAF proved to be the gain of business administrators across the, US, uh, the UK, as on arrival at two new airlines, they promptly went bust. <laughs> <laughs> His short-lived time on the Boeing 737, XL Airways and Viking Airlines was interspersed with flying the Avro RJ85 for CityJet out of London City Airport. Jim went on to fly for CityJet again until Jet 2 snapped him up in 2014, where he captained a 737-300 on flights out of Newcastle and East Midlands airports, sometimes even being allowed to fly abroad. <laughs> then in 2016, the big break finally came, and all those years of disappointing underachievement were finally swept aside as James went long haul and into the first officer's seat on the mighty Boeing 777. Much sleeping in the bunk has followed. <laughs> Jimbo, we are bloody proud of you, especially with your time in the forces, and I have deliberately left out all your crashes as an act of friendship and because we can talk about them later. And I leave you with this. The Kartner family dogs are always named after James's association with helicopters. Benson, Wessex... Really? Squirrel. <laughs> Uh, That's never no. Well, <laughs> I can. Uh, well, all I can say is what could have been tornado, typhoon, F thirty five, and Coningsby are bloody stupid dogs' names anyway. And there you are. Your quick facts for James. Oh, that, was really that was much better than the first. Can we now hear from the father of the bride? <laughs> well done. There Excellent, you go, Jim. Jez. God, James, we at last learnt something about you. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I can keep my light under. Don't know how accurate those were, no. but. Uh, I pay a lot of people to tell information a lot of lies. received. Pretty accurate. Uh, yeah, very accurate. Um, God, what, a, what a yes. What an underachiever. I know. Well, <laughs> the, the highlight we were chatting to um, Air Vice Marshal Graham Williams the other day, and he left after I think about twenty-five years as an Air Vice Marshal, and I left after seventeen years, still as a flight lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any reason you weren't promoted more rapidly? A couple of reasons. Or one, at all? One, one was my personality, and <laughs> my looks. <laughs> 
that, that's, that, oh, that would Jimbo, do it. You're very self-effacing. Quite right. Um, James, well done. Now, Roy, we've come to the Ask James questions. Yep. Can you just explain again how this works? Okay, well, this is the second show of two where the best question, as judged by all of us, will win a prize. Oh, judged by all of us? By all we all going to say? I think so. Yeah. Nothing. Good. Uh, and so we're each going to we're going to ask one of our favourite questions from the sackload of questions Sack we've up. had for James. Plus, we get to ask our own question. So there'll be a right. second prize for whoever asks the best oh, question so from the presenters. Get a prize. Yes. Okay. Oh, what, what are the prizes? I haven't worked that out yet. <laughs> you still haven't worked them out. It'll be coming. It'll be coming at the end of the show. So uh, before you ask a question, you have to uh, pull a cracker. So Jez, pull my cracker. Oh, I'm, I'm going to pull you there again, Roy. These are aviation cracker. crackers. Yeah. Oh, oh, didn't even oh, know. It's a second time. Okay, let's see what we've got. Uh, For those who can't see what's happening, yes. uh, Jez has got his fingers in a cracker. He's trying to find the joke. And then we're going to try and find the joke funny. <laughs> it is actually stuck in the cracker. I may, I, if this is no good, I may actually read the real. Okay, read the joke first before you read it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I try to sue the airport for losing my luggage. Jamaica? No, she went she in the very accord. I lost my case. Oh, not, so bad. That's not bad. That's Actually, bad. out of all the ones we've had so far, that's the least bad, isn't it? That is is probably that's the good, least bad. Yeah. Like well, yeah, well, okay, well I'm going to ask my question first of all. It was, oh. yeah, yeah. I like this one. This is from Chris in Leuven, Belgium. Thanks. I love the show. I was late coming to it, so I gorged on the first season and a half on catch up whilst out running. Looking oh, well forward done. to hearing more. So nice. thanks, well, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So one question in two parts. Number one, when factoring flights flown as heavy, how often do long haul pilots actually fly an approach and landing? Mm-hmm. Number two, assuming this answer is very low, <laughs> when com- <laughs> you're in the bunk, when compared to your short haul colleagues, how do you maintain the skills or even develop the muscle memory to grease it every time? Oh, good, good question. Um, I don't even know what greasing it means. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, the how many times we've uh, no, actually, uh, what does greasing it mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'll come back to that. Okay. Um, so, the times we fly on long haul, you probably under normal circumstances with yeah. the normal uh, world operating, we'd probably fly ourselves two maybe three approaches a month out of so you'll, you'll probably do nine approaches ten approaches sorry, ten approaches okay. in a month yeah and do you mean when you disconnect the autopilot is that what he's saying no or? so yeah so, so ten landings a month yeah. You, yeah you'll probably witness yeah of which you'll be heavy on the landing for maybe two or three of those now explain what that means so heavy is we have carry augmented crew to, to do longer haul flights so someone is always asleep in the bunk um, for them for, As the cruise, for the cruise part of the flight but for the uh takeoff and landing the pilots that would that are extra you have the two that are allocated the flight who'll be the first officer and the captain and then have one or two heavy crew as we call it which is uh the crew that sleep sleep, sleep until the cruise and they, they they operate during the cruise so they will witness the the approach and landing from the flight deck, but they'll be in one of the jump seats. So you'll you say, as a as a standard pilot, you'll see probably say ten a month, uh, ten landings a month. Um, of those, so you'll be heavy for maybe two of those. Um, so you'll actually be in the seat for eight, and then four will be 
your landing and yeah. four will be the captain's landings or the the, the other pilot's landings. Oh, really? So you'll actually maybe see three or four four landings a month. Gosh. Um, okay. So which will be your own landings. Um, the thing about long haul is when, when you get to long haul, normally you've you've got a bit of history in short haul. <laughs> people, it's yeah. very rare. As, as we've just heard. Yeah. Yeah, as you've heard, much history. Uh, <laughs> so um, you have hopefully got landing it, your, your, your skill at landing taken care of by your time in short haul. Right, so okay. by the time you go to a, a long haul job, um, that that is is kind of in the muscle memory. It is different for for different aircraft. So landing a seven four seven is different from landing a seven three seven or an Airbus, but it's you know how to do the approach and landing. Um, and a greaser is considered where you you slide it slide it on as if the runway was 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 in Greece and you don't even feel the landing. Uh, I've heard of these <laughs> landings that have been achieved, but I've never done one myself. Oh, brilliant. Well done, Chris. And can well I just ask as a yeah. little add-on to that? Because I'm slightly confused by the word heavy mm. because that's the call that quite often you use if you're yeah, if it's it's a heavy in, jet. In America, you? if you're a wide body, you call yeah. yourself a heavy, yeah. Um, uh, but the question I was going to ask is when you're flying on autopilot for a, for a big part of the, mm-hmm. of the trip, yeah, when on approach to landing, do you switch off and fly Again, that, that, that depends. That can depend on, on the airline's uh, standard procedures or what you want to do. As, as a pilot, you can do it at any stage. You can, you can take control, particularly what... You don't normally have it in the cruise because it's just boring sitting there yeah. flying in the cruise. You're not achieving anything. But you can take it from the top of descent to actually manually fly um, down to a minimum of about 200 feet, down to in bad weather, you let the aircraft land itself. Um, but normally, most people will... Disconnect the autopilot at about a thousand feet, so it's a rough gate. Um, so you're, you, you, that gives you enough time to get a feel for the aircraft in that in that last thousand feet, um, how it's handling on the approach, and then perform the landing at the bottom. And is this absolutely a cruise decision whether to to do an, a, 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 an autopilot landing or a uh, the, the, the auto land? There are certain weather conditions if it's below which you have to do an auto land. Mm. Um, so we're talking about really bad, generally fog. Very low cloud, very poor visibility. Um, so if you have different limits and below, uh, if it's below two hundred um, feet cloud base and below about six hundred meters visibility, you have to perform a, an auto land. Goodness me! And then down to what, what, whatever the limit of the aircraft. There are some aircraft that can land in in zero visibility at any stage, um, <clears throat> which is called Cat Three C. Which is rarely, rarely used because even though you've landed, you then can't see the taxi, <laughs> and the taxiing has to be done manually anyway. Yeah. Um, so the the worst case that is generally used by airliners is what we call Cat Three B, which is about fifty feet, uh, fifty meters visibility, which cool. is. Um, and first airliner to perform a an auto land. Trident. Correct. Well done, Jimbo. Is this a quiz with passengers? No. Right, might as well. Be. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And and in terms of you say. Bad conditions going into Autoland. What about strong crosswinds? I mean, you see on YouTube these incredible crosswind yeah, landings I mean, and go arounds. Presumably, those are manual. Most of them are manual. The crosswind limit for uh, an Autoland is lower than a manual um, crosswind limit. And crosswind limits, again, depend on the aircraft, the experience of the crew. Um, and some, some airlines, for example, the first officers are, are limited to two thirds, for example, of the, of the captain's crosswind limit. Ah. And say, for something like a, a modern airline, a cross limit of about 40 knots. So 40 knots with a calculated wind to be across the runway, the captain can land in that, which is 
you know you are kicking off a hell of a lot. Yeah. The first officer, which is normally less experienced, can land in twenty six knots. Oh, right. So and otherwise it would have to be an automatic. Land. No, but, but the crosswind limits would be lower than that for, for right. an autoland. So an autoland, yeah. cross limits can be as low as 15 knots right, crosswind. Okay. Yeah. Because the, the automatics aren't, aren't good enough to, to do that. Oh, right. Mm. Okay. Mm. So so with crosswinds, yeah. if it's really windy, yeah. then you have to do it by hand. Yeah. But in it's really bad, bad visibility, visibility, you let the aircraft, let the aircraft do, yeah. do it. Right, okay. That makes sense. Having Having watched... A lot of aircraft, uh, air crash investigation <laughs> episodes over the years, and still not found you. So you're lucky. <laughs> um, a number of aircraft I've, I've watched have come down because of a thing called a microburst. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I, I think I kind of know what they are, but could you could you tell us what a microburst is and what why it's such a, has such a disastrous effect on aircraft? Yeah, so a microburst is a it's the downdraft downdrafting air. Normally associated with a thunderstorm, so in the vicinity of a thunderstorm or a really strong vertical current, where, where you've got sort of um, yeah a lot of vertical movement in the atmosphere, <clears throat> which is normally associated with th- thunderstorms. So, but it can be quite away from the thunderstorm. So even even though you're not under the thunderstorm itself, the downdraft can hit you thirty miles away. Mm. Uh, and what it is, is is it's a where you'll be flying in perfectly normal sort of smooth air, and then it's like falling off a cliff. You hit this sudden downdraft, um, and the aircraft just you know it, it's 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 planned. It's, it it's flying. All its inertia is going for a nice gentle um, forward speed, and it plummets. So we've um, technology has helped us out a lot here. Um, the aircraft itself has predictive um, radar now, which can sense particularly raindrops and things moving with a, with a sudden shear, where where the the wind changes markedly. So that's wind, so you, that's wind shear. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's the, the wind shear, and also, yeah, which is part of a downdraft. And also, <clears throat> around airports that are renowned for having uh, downdraft, they now, so microbursts, they now have a lot of sensors mm. um, positioned around the, air, the airfield that look out specifically for that, and they're all automatic. And a, when a particular um, set of parameters are met which would mean that they're in downdraft alarms go off in the tower and they'll tell aircraft just just to go around you just won't even right, attempt right. a landing is, is, it, is it a very short sorry is it very yeah, short it can be very it can be, it'd be a few it seconds it can be a few seconds yeah. but it can be a couple of but minutes but it has been catastrophic hasn't oh, it? yeah because before we really understood it and we're still learning about it but we, we know a lot more about it now than we used to you can you know it was going everything's fine everything's wonderful all of a sudden you're then being slammed into the ground and at low level there's just nowhere to go no do these happen at any level um or are they yes they, they, they can happen at any level, level. but they're, they're particularly dangerous obviously when yeah. you have low altitude because if you lose a thousand feet um on approach that can be catastrophic yeah, yeah. if you lose a thousand feet in the cruise yeah it's it's unpleasant but it's not going to uh, ruin your day. Is this what we used to call an air pocket, or is that something? Again? Uh, an air pocket is a, is a gen- generalization for for turbulence, really. Oh, uh, I, I don't think there's an actual met definition of an air pocket. No, and I think it's somebody came up with this, and it it's I'm an air pocket. And I've never again found a, a pure definition of what an air pocket is. No, okay. it's it, it's just turbulent air. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. Well, thank you, Jimbo. Um, that, who sent that question in? That was a great question. Oh, that, I did. Good. <laughs> yeah, I think you took that question yeah, over, Rob. So I did. A bit, I did as well. But okay. too interesting. I get to okay, let's pull another cracker.
Hooray! Oh, I haven't won a Do you single. want this one? No, go on. You, you ruined the quest. You ruined the, the joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll rehearse it first. I'll rehearse it first. It's rather apt after this last question. Why did the aeroplane get sent to his room? I don't know, Rob. Why did the aeroplane get sent to his room? Bad altitude. Oh. Yeah. Attitude would have worked as well. Yeah, it would have been better, wouldn't it? Worked, Bad attitude yeah. would have been better. Yeah. Shall I ask again? Yeah, try it again. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> why, no, just, why did the aeroplane get sent to his room? I don't know. I don't know. No, no Bad idea. attitude. Oh, that's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah, it's a cracker. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally a cracker. Um, so this is me and it's my turn to ask a question. Yep. This is coming from Jonathan Day. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Love the show. Thank you so much, John. That's all we needed, really. Yeah. But let's ask the question anyway. Um, I guess he's an ex-Rafa, possibly, or services, certainly. When flying as a passenger in RAF VC-10s, hooray, the seats faced backwards. Oh, yes. A little bit unnerving, although not as much as seeing how much speed tape was used to keep the plane <laughs> flying. I was told this was safer, the seat thing, not the tape, he says. But is this true? I've never flown seated backwards on any other aeroplane. There, there was a, a, a long-standing idea, and I think it probably is, is still uh, valid, that if, in the event of a crash on takeoff or landing, you know, one in the cruise where you, you plan to land, it doesn't matter, you can be upside down, I don't think it makes an awful lot of difference. <laughs> but in a lower-speed crash... If you're facing backwards, having the seat support you yeah. is safer. Oh, that is yeah. was certainly a long-standing belief, and I think it, it, it is still held. Um, so, and in particularly, you know, as, as things stood before we are, we have the safety record that we have now in aviation, that was the most likely type of accident you're going to have. So it was believed by the military to, if you face backwards, there was an incident, you're going to save more lives. Um, but... Passengers never stood for it. They they could not bear, and as he said, he found it unnerving himself yeah. facing backwards in an aircraft. It, it, it apparently felt all wrong, and nobody liked it. The fact you now club seats generally forwards and backwards and all over the, yeah, the place. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the, the business class, I, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that, that that's kind of put paid to that. But it was always thought that people wouldn't bear facing backwards in an aeroplane. That everyone wanted to face forwards. So yes, it was. It is supposedly safer, particularly in a low-speed crash, um, but people didn't like it. Isn't that interesting? In, in so the military our... said they could do it, but you can't force. Well, if no. you're trying to sell a, sell a seat, yeah. and someone's pointing one one way and someone's pointing one backwards, you probably pay for the one that's going forwards. When we when we tour, when we're in one of those vans, but you got seats facing but, forwards do you mean and a coach? <laughs> kind of like a coach, but. They, but <laughs> Uh, there are several members of our crew and band who will refuse to sit facing, uh, sitting backwards, backwards yeah. Yeah. because they say it makes them feel sick mm. and they don't like it. Can you face, uh, it doesn't bother me on the train. No, I quite like facing backwards on the train. Yeah. yeah. I see where I've been. Yeah. <laughs> the other way you go. I think, fun enough, in the old Tridents, yeah. BA Tridents, I think there was a centre row of seats which did face each other. So you did have a, a set of yeah. seats facing backwards. Rather social. Mm, you have a table yeah. in the middle, mm. bit like going on the train. Yeah, it's yeah. funny, isn't it? It's it's something. And nowadays, the the military appear to have abandoned it, and all seats face forward. That may be something to do with the fact that uh, trooping aircraft are also used part time to fly for charter airlines. Are they? Yes. Are we, I've opened a big wormhole here. <laughs> with... 
Well, I mean, I know they're flying people like Boris around mm. in the in that tanker. No, so we have the this air tanker company, which is a a privately funded company, but it it, it flies for the RAF on the um, the Voyager. What the A three thirties? Yeah. So they're privately owned, but leased to the air, the air force, and some of them, when they're not being used by the military, fly for uh, airlines. But marked up as a grey uh, RAF. Some are some are RAF white. Registration is just pure white. Isn't that interesting? Well, in the tanker role, mm. well, this is a really mm-hmm. ignorant question, probably. No, is thank you. No, it's a stupid question. Uh, maybe not. Stupid people. I can I can always <laughs> edit it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would you mind? Yeah. Could you could no, you have your finger in. on the oh, right there? Uh, yeah. In the tanker role, so yeah. an aircraft such as Boris's Voyager yeah. that can either be passenger or tanker. Mm. Where are the tanks? So they fit. They fit the tanks in the fuselage. Right, so they will remove the seats, put the tanks yeah. in. But right, that's well, they won't necessarily remove all the seats, but they'll they'll remove. They might be a partial fit. Right, or your partial tank, a partial. Okay, fine. Well, that's what I kind partial. of assumed, but yeah. I thought maybe that was. But the, 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 like a lot the of work. thing with, with the inside of aircraft is that, I mean, seats are infinitely removable. The configuration inside is changeable. I used to fly a um, a seven three seven for Jet Two, and during the day we'd take um, punters on holiday, and in the night. All the seats came out, and they just filled it full of mail and did mail runs. And then the next day, the next morning, it was flying passengers. What again. you could take seats in and out that quickly? That quickly, yeah. So day you do two, two. Uh, it would do two trips in a day to southern Spain or something. That night, all the seats come out, gets filled full of, but um, they have a ball bearing floor so that they can slide pallets in and out. It would do the mail runs that night, and the next day it would be up flying passengers. Again. That is incredible. Now, these aircraft work hard, don't they? Mm. Same crew. No, I mean same true types. Yeah, I, yeah, would you yeah, have? Yeah, you'd be, you'd yeah. Be so rostered, you could do a mail run. You'd be rostered for either the the uh, the mail run yeah. once you're qualified on mail, or you'd do qualified the qualified um, on mail. There was a, just a qualification to make sure that all the checks were done slightly differently because he didn't have passengers. Got to take all those seats out. Knackering. Don't get out themselves, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. Gosh, James, we are learning stuff oh, from you. Who's got a qu- next question? Well, Jez, I, I've, Jez, got, I've got a question. You've got to do a cracker before crack you have up, a question. Oh, I'm so, God, I'm so sorry. God. Such an amateur. It's like, it's like, it feels like this is the first time I've done this. Yeah, almost. <laughs> uh, you? Why not? Yeah. This is me and James. I'm going to do the joke. Oh, oh, well oh. Nice pop. I've had three jokes this evening. <laughs> That's your facts. Little fat fingers can't find the joke again. No, get on. <laughs> get, in, get in while you can, James. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm just unwrapping the joke. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was really excited about these crackers. Oh, yeah, you've done brilliantly. I, I actually went to the shops purposely just to buy those oh, crackers. Right, you, right. I, don't, I don't want you to feel that we're okay. underwhelmed. <laughs> I think you can just tell that we are. Okay. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Or what sound, or which sound, I'm never quite sure. What sound was made when the airplane hit the trampoline? I don't know, Jess. Tell me. I do know because I did the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's a good one. Go on, go on. See, how I say this now is going to either ruin the joke yeah. or, or, or... Or make it great. I'll make I'm it going to the former. Okay, it's... Boeing, Boeing, Boeing. Oh, of course it is. Well done. They are 
listeners. Very good. Well done, right? Have we got any more to say? That's Jesse's question. Right, question. Right. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, well, sorry. Sorry. Uh, there is another cracker. There. This is that's my question. Oh, sorry. Yeah, this is um, Rob will be pleased about this because it's yet another question about the Daily Mail air race. See, it's captured the imagination. <laughs> crossing of everybody worldwide. Crossing months. This is. <laughs> I think we started this in October. <laughs> we're now into December. Yeah. Could be one in January. Yeah. yeah there will be. So, Jim. Uh, this is, I, I think this may be a mate of yours. Oh, God. But, um, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Here we go. In the Daily Mail Air Race special, you talked about the good old days of aviation with no security. Can you ask James for his views on the impressive security fences that BA use as part of their interview process? And would a navigator have helped to get the applicant to the right place? What's that mean? Is this a wind-up? Well, what this is somebody again, and I think it's the same person as last week. <laughs> I like Gibbsy, him. I like him. Who knows too much? Oh, good. What like he's him. referring to is when I was leaving the RAF and I tried to get a job with BA. You can work out that it was unsuccessful. <laughs> but on my way to the interview, I was working pretty much on time. I didn't have a lot of time to spare, but I was going to get there on time. And I was walking from Hatton Cross Tube Station down to what was. Uh, their um, crane bank, the crane bank, which was their um, selection centre, and I came across an underground line coming out of the the ground uh, that was for a portion was level with the road, and I had to at this point decide whether to go left of the underground line or right of it. So right was on the main road, left was down a bit of a pedestrian walkway. And I thought, well, they must have this access to this place from the road, so I'll follow the road, and that'll keep me pretty much. Um, on time to get the, get together as I, as I wanted. So I walked down there. After about 10 minutes, I could see the entrance <laughs> to the British Airways recruitment headquarters. Unfortunately, between me and it was a railway line with two fences. <laughs> uh, and I was going to be late, and I didn't want to be late for my interview. So in my best suit and tie... <laughs> I scaled a fence, <laughs> ran over two underground railway lines, no, scaled the other fence. I could have done. I knew which one was live. Well, I had a guess. <laughs> um, Shame. I then arrived. Don't try this at home, people. Don't try this Please. Home. And luckily, they've moved their recruitment centre now, so you wouldn't have to, to the do other this. side of the fence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and by the time I arrived, I was not in a fit state for interview. Maybe a rock climbing course or something I could have passed an interview for, but this I was. And they said, "Oh, you look very nervous." <laughs> I think I was, I was sweating a little, um, which you know I can do quite well. Yes, um, you had come from the wrong side of the track. Come from the wrong oh, side of the track. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, he's referring to that. And a navigator would probably have planned it in advance, oh, given me a time nice. on target. He and he's a navigator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so good. that's good that's what that's about. Yeah. Good so question. I have had some interesting times in the past. Yeah. You certainly have, uh, Jim. There we go. Thanks, Thank Gibbsy. Yeah, we need some more from you. Okay. That's enough. So now it's presenter questions. All right. There's a cracker to be pulled. No, no that's my... No, that's, 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 that's my the end. Okay, so my oh. question is one which we asked Red One, and I think I'm going to ask everybody on mm. the uh, podcast from now on. You have one journey left. Mm -hmm. You get to fly there in yeah. one aircraft. Yeah. You've already flown. Uh, and you have to fly back on one you've never flown. Okay. Where are you going and what are the aircraft? That's a great question. I do love this Ooh, question. See, this is, this is a good question. Your last um, ever journey. It's my last ever journey. Where am I going and what I... 
I would have to go to New York because I really like New York. Yeah. Um, and I would get there of the aircraft I've flown, just like Red One, because <laughs> we're very similar. Um, <laughs> as this one, I've flown, I'd have to say the Hawk because yeah. it was such fun to fly. It's such an amazing bit of kit, um, and it was my first and pretty much the only, one. only Mark first T one A, yeah, Mark One, not the newfangled thing with all the electrical gizzards yeah. now. Um, but it was such a lovely airplane to fly, and it was a fast jet. It was it was brilliant. I yeah. loved it. I just wasn't very good at it. Um, so that would be there. And it would take a while and a few refuel stops, but I'd come back in a Spitfire. Yeah. yeah I uh, I'm sorry, that's probably a bit of a boring answer. because no, I, I, think I guarantee it is yeah. not. It would be a Spitfire back. Yeah. Um, because It would take would, a long time. It would take a while. <laughs> but I think I'd have a lovely time. I'd be yeah. quite uncomfortable arse at the end of it. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it would be fantastic. Okay. Thank you. I like that. that is your turn. Great your question. turn. No? Whose turn next? Um, shall I go? Yep. Um, James, there's a famous saying, there are old pilots, there are bold pilots, but there are no old, bold pilots. Yes. But I've always wondered why there are so many bald pilots. <laughs> 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 Particularly, you know, military and ex-military. Yeah. There are a lot, aren't there? Is um, it the Bone Dome? Or? Uh, but the, the, some would blame the Bone Dome. A lot of taking on and putting on, a, uh, taking off and putting on a, uh, a sort of a leather hard hat. Yeah. Um, Others would say that the amount of testosterone you need to be a pilot uh, has a direct bearing on uh, male pattern hair loss, apparently. And being such manly figures that we are, yeah, I'm like... I was going to say, you, quite, you've got quite, quite a fine thing, head though. of hair. Yeah, you've got a real um, nest up there. I don't know. It, it, is, it is a... Uh, it's hard to say. Um, there are... There seem to be a lot of... A lot of well, more probably than the national average yeah. of pilots with a, um, a solar panel. Um, <laughs> but yes, I, I could put it down to maybe the stress of the job might, might have something to do. I've never got stressed. I've never really worried about no. all my crashes. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, part of it. But um, the, the, it's an interesting question. Not, not one that I could medically yeah. answer, but I can give no. you just those opinions. But it has been noticed. It's not just me. Yeah. Uh, good. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Jimbo. Well done. This is on along. Similar lines, but it has intrigued me that if you had the choice, but a choice of three mm. to fly, TSR two, mm. Concorde, yeah. Vulcan. What's that got to do with baldness? How is that along similar lines? He he just ignored your question. <laughs> I went straight back to my yeah. brilliant yeah. question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that. Yeah, yeah. You I, thought, I, I, you thought my question was zoned out. Know, I'm hoping your question has <laughs> by now been edited out, and this little bit because yeah. it will make no sense. What actually happened was Jez had completely realised he hadn't thought of another yeah. question, no, so and during the entire time of the board <laughs> question, thinking. I was thinking, <laughs> what can I ask him? Christ! But um, I am interested. Uh, TSR two Concorde Vulcan. Yeah, I probably. That's a tough one. I imagine I mean, the fewest people would have flown the TSR two. Yeah. So that would be a very exclusive club. Yeah. Um, the Vulcan and the. You uh, know, you know what I want you to say because of my love for yeah, Vulcan. Yeah, I want you want me to say Vulcan, and yeah, that's an incredibly hard choice because they're three aircraft that all um, are very very. Exceptional. They're exceptional. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are. They're, they are. They're iconic. Exceptional. Um, oh, what am I going to say? The Vulcan would have been lovely. I'd love to have displayed the Vulcan. Yeah. 
I think the day job of the Vulcan might have been a bit dull. That's what I think. Mm. The, the actual the Vulcan day it job wasn't there for fun. Was yeah, it, it was Vulcan. Fairly, <laughs> the actual job of doing it was fairly serious. Yeah, very cramped um, cockpit too, because originally designed as a single seat cockpit. Yeah, wasn't I think it, it was. Yes, and it was they, yeah. they, they crammed yeah. another one in. Yeah. So as <clears throat> Roy Chadwick's. Uh, well, I well, I love the Vulcan. It's such a beautiful bit of it. I wouldn't say flying it would have been as much fun. Concord, I mean, I've spoken to Concord pilots and they went around the world and they had a party everywhere they went. <laughs> they were treated like, it was like the Red Arrows turning up. Mm. Um, but I'm going to say TSR2. Are you? Yeah, because I think it was... Gosh. I mean, at its time, it must have been fantastic. And so few people have experienced that. Well, it's really interesting because I've actually just watched a documentary about it and it was a very touch and go where that thing was going to get airborne without the engine blowing up. It's mm. a Bristol Sidley Olympus, wasn't it, before, before Rolls-Royce took it on? Yeah. And it was very unreliable. Mm. And, you know, it kept blowing up, I think, on the ground. And it wasn't totally... They weren't no. totally fact, sure when they took it in the air for the first time that it was actually... By coincidence, did all, did all three of those aircraft have the same... All it's, Olympus. Uh, all had yeah. Olympus engines. Yeah. That was, uh, mm. that was uh, unintentional mm. part of my question. We did have a great question about the Olympus engine. Didn't we? From Somebody Richard Collishaw. Yeah. What links Windsor Hill Tunnel north of Shepton Mallet and Concord? Windsor Hill Tunnel North. Uh, Windsor Hill Tunnel North of Shepton oh, Mallet. Right. Yeah. And Concord. Yeah. It's a great question. It's his, a great question. I have actually is... looked up the answer. Oh, oh, OK. He sent me the answer. Did he? Oh, he, did. He, he actually said, do you want the answer now or later? And that yes. was about a week ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And about 20 minutes before you turned up, I went, Richard, now! <laughs> now! And he did reply. Does I either... never knew this. I never... I, I'm going to... Can I have a guess? Go yeah. on. Yeah. That they they tested it in this in the tunnel. I know they tested an in one of them in a tunnel at some stage. Yeah, I don't know if it was that tunnel. It or is. Not. It is. That's is the it? answer. Is it? It was is a it disused really? railway tunnel, mm. and yeah, they put the engine in that in that tunnel because I suppose it soundproofed it. Yeah, isn't that incredible? I never, I, I never yeah. knew that. That's a really good yeah, question. I, 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 so he, he replied to me. He said the disused eastern bore of Windsor Hill railway tunnels were used to test an Olympus 593 engine to potential destruction. Gosh. As for certification, it had to run for a prolonged period of time without oil. The engine passed with flying colours and was not destroyed. Gosh. There were some concrete mountain blocks still in the tunnel about 20 years ago, but I don't know if they're still there now, as the tunnels are now sealed. Well, oh, Richard. What? That's a oh, that is a great... That's the sort of question I'd have loved to go into a quiz, but how do you ever find that out? Yeah. That's good. What Richard, exactly. full marks. Well done, Richard. Yeah. God, I reckon he, he could he be... Near... Well, he's, yeah, that wasn't yeah, officially right. part of the Ask James, no. so I'm not sure that he's up for an award, is he? Right? Well, I don't, maybe he's, he's pipped it. Maybe he's pipped it at the last post. Yeah. And he did come back to me in the nick of time. Goodness me. Well, there we are. So, have we got to that stage oh, now? Where no, we... we haven't. No, no. no we... oh, I've oh, sorry, got James. my cracker to yeah. pull. Well, what? James no, is no. allowed three questions to each of us. Oh, oh, right. Oh, you're the only terrible... person who hasn't managed to make your cracker <laughs> pop. Snap. Have, have the cracker. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Brilliant. I get the joke. But I'm going yeah. to deliver it how it's supposed to be delivered. Oh, okay. Go, go, okay. Come on. <laughs> Let's see if it's funny. What's yeah. the difference between God and an airline pilot? Very little. God doesn't think he's an airline pilot. Oh, oh superb. James? That's correct. Marks you, out of ten. Do you know, that's really good. annoyingly, yeah. is I actually put this joke in the cracker for James to read. Oh, <laughs> so and good. I won it. And I didn't even win it. <laughs> so, so I have been under the cosh now for almost two episodes. Deservedly so it's so. now my turn to ask 
you three. Oh Christ! I forgot questions about this. on your specialised subjects. What if we don't your have jobs? a specialised subject? <laughs> you will. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with Jez. Oh, all right. <laughs> and this wait. is a technical question because oh. it's just something that's fascinating me. <clears throat> about and these are questions. <laughs> yes. It's a fascinating subject, Roy. <laughs> these are questions that, as a as pilots, we sit there behind the cockpit door going. I wonder why this, I wonder why that, and completely unrelated to flying. So this is a bit, I walk my dog a lot in the countryside yes. and I see a lot of fences. Yes. <laughs> At the end of every barbed wire fence or every corner, mm. there seems to be sort of two posts close together mm. with a diagonal beam. Wire. That, no, well, it's like a, sort of like a box yes. in the corner of every barbed wire fence. Yes. Whereas the rest of it is just normal. Why do you have those Sort of I saw one of these only the other day when Did I was you? out for a walk. Yeah, I asked myself the same question. Great question. Well, James, here we go. Are you ready? <laughs> he so, doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a superb question. I'm really glad you asked me that. And I'm going to do everything I can to come back for series three. <laughs> now, what you've seen, James, yeah. is a thing called a box strainer. See oh. the word box, well done. and and uh, where you? I'm trying to do this without use of hand movements for our <laughs> listeners, but it's very difficult. So so often at the end of a fence, you will have a single heavy duty post with a angled strut, which is secured to the ground. Um, but uh, that isn't always very good. It doesn't have very good fixity in the ground, especially if it's bad ground. So we often use a thing called a box strainer, which is two big strainers uh, separated by a horizontal cross member, a timber cross member. And then we use a bracing wire that goes from the bottom of the uh, rear post to the top of the front post, which is tensioned, which locks the poo post backwards and provides extra strength. And that's called a box strainer. And wow. it's, a, it's a New Zealand innovation, but we use it all the time uh, for most of our fences in this country. That so is the strainer. most interesting answer I've heard in the last two <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank well, you, James, for giving me a question. I'm like <laughs> very that. proud of you, James. Well yeah. done, mate. Rob, your question. I'm slightly nervous, James. Yeah. Slightly fencing. nervous. It's a long um, time since I've done any work. Quiz show host. <laughs> <laughs> when they ask the questions, as you did in Turnabout in the 90s. Correct. Do they know the answers? Do they have the answers when you are asked the question? As the quiz host? Yes. Yes, of course. You always know the answer. Always know the answer. Yeah. So you can. You, there's no sort of. Oh, has he got it right? Has he got it? It's an instant. Well, for me, yeah, I, I can see. I I think there'll be some quizzes where you don't know, and it comes up on a big screen yeah. that, that you may not always know. But I always had the answers written down, and I'd always go through all my question cards in my dressing room. Um, I could totally imagine before, this. <laughs> going through, checking the grammar, did you, did you checking go, the spelling. Actually, you just go, actually, they've got that one wrong. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> is it which or is it what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm sure not many quiz shows do, but I, I just didn't want to be an idiot reading out something I couldn't pronounce or didn't know what the word very was, good, which I can't yeah. Professional to the end. Well, yeah. only because of my incapabilities. I think yeah. to the end is the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it did end. It did yeah. end, sadly. Uh, yeah. Good answer then. Roy, yeah. I was looking for questions online to ask, okay. particularly about scouting for girls. Yeah. yeah. And the only big question I could find on this is true actually <laughs> online was why are scouting for girls so shit? <laughs> <laughs> well we've had a one. lot of practice. <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> is that the question? No, it's not the question. Okay. No. But there's one particular website yeah. forum that they don't like you on. Yeah. Uh, no, they're all a bit snobby. I think they're thirteen year olds. But anyway, um no, the question I have is as a, a yeah. songwriter pop singer yep. thing you are in a relationship hopefully with your wife yeah 
when you write a love song, yeah. does she expect it to be about her? Oh my or word. can you get into a lot of trouble with the with the lyrics if, if you're not careful? I think I, I never get into trouble because my wife doesn't, doesn't really like my band. <laughs> <laughs> never has, even though we met her in the record. Uh, she worked for the record company that mm. I was signed to. So our biggest song is called She's So Lovely and mm. it was written about three other women. <laughs> And so, and she, she doesn't listen to the podcast either. Doesn't, doesn't listen so to the podcast. We're, safe. we're absolutely we're safe, safe as houses here. Yep. Uh, and so, she spent the last twelve years of our marriage married to somebody who's written us, who's most famous for writing a song called "She's So Lovely," which has to keep reminding people was nothing to do with her. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can write whatever I like or say whatever I like on the podcast. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a that's great a, question. Thank you very much. Well done, Jim. Well done. Oh, you can answer questions. He can ask questions. What a talent. Well, well done. And thanks to everybody for sending them in. So when are we doing the awards, Roy? What well, we I, I'm, I think the best question was from Richard Collishaw, who asked us about the uh, what links Shepton Mallet, the Windsor Hill Tunnel there, yeah. and Concord. Yeah, I'm I like that one. That, 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 that struck that's a chord. Yeah, at the end. He's yeah. obviously an aviation fan, so he's yeah. going to win all the books which we have read and reviewed, which includes Dilip Sarkar's book on the Battle of Britain. Yeah. Graham Williams, Rhapsody in Blue. Love that book. And uh, Harry, 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 Harry Which I'm still reading. By Roland Roland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you By finished Roland any Roland. of our set books yet? No. Series two? <laughs> None at all. Not because I'm not enjoying them, but just because I'm a very slow reader. Also yeah. because I think you really enjoy them. I do. Really do. I, like, I yeah. read every line. I can't skim read. Yeah. No, I, I can't look. either. I've, lo- I've loved all of those books, so yeah. you are in for a treat. And I'm glad it's going to to somebody who is obviously a big aviation fan. Yeah. Uh, a big shout out to Emma, not Posh Girl, for her question about, do you know what all those buttons do? Oh, I love I that mean, question. Really, I really, that. That was, that really was do you know what Can you give her some scan for girls and I'll give her some scan for girls tickets. Oh, yeah, beautiful. I think she'd much rather them than the books on planes. <laughs> you might be right. You might <laughs> Have we got any of our uh, uh, patch, what are those stickers? The zaps. The zaps. Send a few zaps out. We will have, by the time... Series three comes out next year. We will have a full lineup of top landing gear merch. There will be yeah. some big prizes back then. Oh, how yeah. exciting! Yes. Now, do we get a prize for our questions? Yes, definitely. Do we? Yeah. How do we vote on this? I think James has to decide what was oh. his favourite question. So James can't get a prize. No, because no. I, I, no. I, I, I thought your question to Roy. Maybe <laughs> 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 yeah. you can um, get a zap. Yeah. I'll get a zap. Um, what were the questions? Okay. Um, so just quick recap. Oh, okay. Crazy. So we had. You do your, um, is that? Is oh, my question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this from both episodes? Yeah, yeah, from both episodes. Mine was your, your proudest okay. moment. Yeah. And, okay, and, let's uh, do this as a recap. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's do this. So, so, so to recap the, the questions then, Roy, you asked. My question in the first episode was how do you get an upgrade? Mm-hmm. My second question was uh, your last journey. What okay. are you flying yep. here and from? Uh, first episode, I asked you, apart from your own family, has anyone else ever refused to fly with you? And I also added, do pilots still eat different meals? Would you ever both have the fish? Yeah. And then in this episode, I asked about bald pilots. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're making it easy for me, bro. <laughs> Great, thanks. I'll just take the prize now. Thank you very much. Uh, mine, mine heartfelt, what yeah. pre-prepared in any way, uh, was your proudest moment yep. uh, of uh, in, in your career. Uh, uh, and also, uh, what was the last one? Oh, the your choice of Vulcan, <laughs> yeah. Concord, You TSR2. only thought of this question yeah. <laughs> 15 minutes ago. I'm like a, gold, I am like a goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> thought of the question, said it. 
Go on, Those go are on. six. They're, they're all six. Five. Brilliant questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's seven of which five are brilliant questions. Uh, it's going to have to go to the um, the proudest moment question. Oh, I think, oh, that was um, your proudest moment. It was, a quality, it was a quality question. How yeah. egotistical. I know. I know. <laughs> Everybody knows my upgrade question was the best question. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Well, James, well done. So, yeah. what does James? What does Jared get? Oh, that is my prize. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fine. Yeah. Okay, well, I've got well, a load of loads anyway. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Thank you, now, Jim. Thank you, everyone. Gents, a little extra. But yeah. You're editing. You've got to be busy editing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but just before we go into the quiz, as it's Christmas. Santa got his sack I'm out. Actually, <laughs> steady. I've actually done a little bit of shopping. Oh. And you're each getting a present. Can we open them now? Um, I'm really yeah, sorry. I think you should definitely. We haven't got you anything. No, I don't oh. want anything. I don't expect it. I, I'm dad, so I'm, oh, I'm the giver. You're very, very kind. There you are. Each of you. They're all different, slightly different. There's a, there's a common theme, and oh, an individual goodness. theme. Oh, you've given this some thought. It's like you've got loads of time in your hands. I a have. Bit of time. A card with a handy oh, page Victor. Yes, you. A Christmas a card with a handy page Victor. Oh. James has just opened his. This is my first Christmas. At my. What have you got, James? <laughs> Tell us all what you've got. I've got a model helicopter. Thank you very much. No, that's not <laughs> quite the detail, is it? Huh? It's a lovely I model. I haven't noticed what that sort of helicopter it is. is. <laughs> oh, it's a Chinook. <laughs> a model Chinook. Yes. Um, Do you know what? I've had uh, thanks, on my mate. eBay search yes. model chinooks <laughs> to give to James. <laughs> and this wonderful book, which I've been after for a while, Empire of the Clouds. Empire of the Clouds. Is, and uh, that is because I think you'll find there are similarities. Oh. The Empire of the Clouds is going to be a book we'll be talking to the author mm. next year. Now, Roy, what have you got? I have Empire of the Clouds as well. Of course. I'm very excited for that. Plus... Those magnificent men in their flying uh, machines on DVD, which, which I admitted. Seen. Do you have a DVD player? I have a DVD oh, player. Oh, goodness, and I thought they'd gone out of fashion. And the thing is, though, I had admitted that I'd never seen it yeah. before, and I'd actually edited that out. So <laughs> <laughs> now I have to admit again I haven't seen it, because you all laughed at me for never seeing it, so I'm very glad I've got it. It's and one of I the can, great films. It yeah, is a, it's a cracker. Things. Thank you so yeah. much. You love it. That's Pleasure. Great. Pleasure. Oh, but um, well, I, I, you've given me a lovely card of three Vulcan bombers, of course. Winter Christmas cards, just beautiful Wait, Christmas cards. Yeah, amazing. Who are they from? SWA Fine Arts. Well, we better give them a yes, plug. AviationArtsCards.com. Yeah. They're beautiful, aren't they? Stephen and Brown. what have we got? Empire oh, of the Clouds. Empire of the Clouds as well, which is, I, I think it's I may a, have read this, but I can't wait to read it. You've yeah. given it back, so there you are. Thank you. And we're going to be interviewing James Hamilton Patterson in the new year, who's uh, the author. He's going to be brilliant. It is a brilliant book, I it have is. to say. It's, it's another one for me amazing. to take a year over reading. Yeah. And oh. more excitingly, maybe, if it's possible, yes. a fantastic uh, one 72nd scale model of a Harrier GR1 Competing in the transatlantic ah, air race, I saw 50th anniversary, <laughs> taking off from New York. It, from it, the Empire State Building. Presumably, I'm sure it's taking off with Graham Williams yeah. at the. Uh, well, it's actually Tom Lecky Thompson. Is it? But, okay. Uh, X, yeah. Oh, XL741. Yeah. Uh, which is the one that won the uh, East West Leg. There you are. Can you believe a Daily Mail Air Race Harrier model? That is. How did amazing. you find that? I do you know. I've seen some on eBay as well. Have in you? 1969. Like the, yeah, uh, that box pretty, looks yeah. like that was been hanging yeah. around since 1960. It's actually a 50th anniversary model. So that's there fantastic. Are. And uh, in a future podcast, um, I'd just like to announce we're going to be giving away a model of a shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's a snap together one, Jimbo. Oh, you should, you should have a lot of fun with that. See how much you can lift with it when you've got it all together. Oh, it'll tell me, don't worry. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you are, boys. So happy Christmas. Oh, thank thanks, you. Rob. Enjoy happy your presents. Thank you too. so much. Happy Christmas, no, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your continued support and listenership during the year. It's been amazing. We've only yeah. been going since April. Gosh, May. We've had, yeah. you know, yeah. nearly 35,000 downloads. Uh, gone from strength to strength. And it's been really good fun. And it's been great fun. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's been so. Good fun. Thank you. We'll be back. For Hold on. I'm not, I'm not ending it. Oh, God. <laughs> Treading on someone's toes here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're saying, there is a quiz. Oh, God. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> we're hoping. We're hoping so thanks so much. Happy Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah. bye. <laughs> this <laughs> is top landing gear. <laughs> uh, Roy's tape's run out, so unfortunately. Right. Uh, so, everyone. Right. We've yeah. had the excitement of the presents, oh, and God. now it's the top landing gear Christmas quiz part two. You may remember in our previous edition, James Cartner won by answering every single question correctly. Six points he got, Jez none, Roy none. So we're going to start from scratch. We were originally going to add the two totals together, but there's absolutely no point. I, I did actually get one question right. Oh, you did, but you started on minus one. <laughs> well, that's because yeah. that was carried right. in the previous uh, Okay. All right. So is everyone ready? Do you have new buzzers? I from, have a new buzzer. From uh, yeah. last week? I've got the second buzzer that... Um... Yeah, right. Okay. Good. Who, uh, Roy, you ready to go? Yes. My, my buzzer is another Scamp for Christmas song. Nice voice. Oh, another Scamp... Yeah. Same Christmas or previous yeah. Christmas? 2015. Nice, lovely. I've gone for a Christmas themed buzzer. What is that? What is well, it's from the film Angels One Five. Oh, let's speak very quickly. Angels, it's Christmas. Oh, I'm with you. Right. Okay. You see? All right, I've yeah. got you. Yeah. Yeah, thought, well done. That was thought and stuff. I felt buzz. <laughs> Lots of thought. <laughs> well done, Jez. Well, hopefully everyone's forgotten what I had last week because these are the same ones again. So, oh, surprises. I have a friend who thinks he may be stout. <laughs> so, going back to James's, nothing Christmassy at all. <laughs> that was the. Would, would you like to use the traditional? Would you like me to? Yeah. Let's right, give let's that get... a, an outing. Oh, there. how about yeah. the? Yes. Sleigh bells. It's the sleigh bell. All right, the sleigh bells. All right, lovely. Okay. Let's get it okay. as Christmassy as possible. Is everyone ready? ready. Yes. Yeah. Here we are. This is the final quiz of the year. Good luck, everybody. Okay. Remember, it's a Christmas-themed aviation quiz. <laughs> here we go. Question number one. And there's a guaranteed point here because there are options. Oh. Three oh. of them. Three, okay. of, three options, three contestants. On Christmas Eve 1952... Which of Britain's three V-bombers made its first flight? Yes, Father Christmas. The Valiant. Incorrect. <laughs> Bad luck. Yes, Roy. The Victor. It was the Victor. Yay! Roy is off the mark. It was the Handley Page Victor, Christmas Eve 1952. Didn't go into service until 58. Uh, you said the Valiant, Gerard, yeah. which was May 51, in fact. <laughs> And the Vulcan was August 52. So there we are. Mm -hmm. Christmas Eve 952, the handy page, Victor. Well done. Mm -hmm. Question number two. In the 1950s, Britain's V-bombers carried out numerous nuclear tests on... Sorry, I, was, I just pressed the button by mistake. 
Do you want to answer? Well, no. no, he's out. He's yeah, out. One, one shouldn't say nuclear yeah, okay. bombers What's and press the, the button by mistake in the, same, in the same sentence. Can you repeat where you've got to? I will start again. In the 1950s, Britain's V-bombers carried out numerous nuclear tests on Christmas Island in the Pacific. But there are, in fact, two Christmas Islands. The other one is in the Indian Ocean, which during World War II was invaded by the Japanese. During the landings, incidentally, a US Navy submarine caused severe damage to the Japanese cruiser Naka, giving rise to the expression, it's absolutely knackered, mate. But my question is, what is the main ethnic group of this Christmas island which is currently administered by <laughs> Australia? Yes, Roy. Malaya. Correct. <laughs> I knew. Roy always I gets the Malay questions. <laughs> I, I was waiting for that. <laughs> well done, Roy. Yeah, they're, they're predominantly Malay or Malaysian. Uh, well done. Uh, Wilaya Pulau Christmas is the Malay for hmm. Christmas island. Is that, is that true about knackered? No, I made that up. I think. <laughs> but, the, but the ship was called knackered. Yeah, and it was um, Nakajad. Yeah, Nakajad. Yeah. Well, 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 R.J. Mitchell. Yes, that's not the question. <clears throat> but it was R.J. Mitchell. The R stood for Reginald. What did the J stand for? Jesus. Yes. It's Christmas. It is Christmas, it's not Jesus. Bad luck. Uh, Roy, good, good, good try. Uh, anybody else want to have a go? Oh, yes, Joseph! Jez. Yes, Jez. <laughs> yes, Jez. <laughs> you can't. I was going to say, he's going to say, what were you going to say anyway? I need say What were you going to say? This is falling apart. Come on, give it a go. I don't have to say that. What were you going to say? I've got a moral dilemma now. No, be honest. There's no problem. What were you going to say? Jehovah. <laughs> <laughs> no, incorrect. But it's, it's, it's a lovely idea. Um, uh, James, I think you've buzzed in. Do you want to have a go? Yes. Was it Joseph? It's Joseph! <laughs> well, well done, James. Well, I'm afraid, you know, Roy, if he can't control himself, oh, he got it wrong. It wasn't Jehovah oh. and it wasn't Jesus. It was indeed Joseph. Yeah, Interestingly enough, it was all, Joseph Smith was the guy who went on, mm. took on the future design of the Spitfire after uh, the untimely death of uh, Reginald Joseph Mitchell. Well done. You see the Christmas <laughs> theme? Reginald Jehovah Mitchell. It's even worse than Reginald Jesus. <laughs> you, you almost get a bonus point, Jess. Almost. But still, you're trailing. At the moment, it's Roy has two, James has one, Jez yet to get off the mark. Question number four. The pioneering American aviatrix Amelia Earhart was the first female aviator to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean. What was her middle name? Yes, James. Mary. Correct. <laughs> so do you see, we've got Joseph and we've got Mary. It's Jesus next. Well, <laughs> that might well be what you're saying. Uh, and this is now question, that was one, two, three, four. This is question five's final question. At the birth of your mate Jesus... <coughs> Three wise men travelled from afar to offer gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. But what mode of transport did they use that may have appealed to Thomas Sopwith? Oh, yes, Jez. Oh, no. 
Range camel. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Hey. It was the camel, the Sopwith camel, of course, we're referring to the World the War Sopwith reindeer. Sopwith reindeer. That's very, very good. I, I'm also going to put up a bonus question, though, because Jed's... Well, Roy and James, two, Roy and James both have two, so we've got to have a decider here. And Jez, if you get this right, we'll have to have yet another question. So <laughs> I'm going to ask you, of these camels, and it is disputed actually whether they were camels or Arabian ponies, but it's widely agreed that they're camels. Mm. One hump or two? Yes, James. Derometry, one hump. Correct. James has won the Christmas oh, quiz. They were one-humped camels or dromedaries. He even got the right name. Very, very well done. They did, of course, I should say, the three wise men returned home a different way because, of course, as we know, King Herod's men were out scouting for babies. So that is the end of the quiz. Jez finishes with one, Roy with two, and James with three is our Christmas quiz winner. Shake those sleigh bells, Jez. Oh. <laughs> well done. Bravo. Fabulous stuff. So that's it for our two-part Christmas special. I do hope you've enjoyed it more than we did. Um, thank you for all the questions, of course, and, and for all the support, as Roy was saying earlier, that you've given us since our launch back in April or May. And a particular thanks, of course, to all our guests who've been kind enough to grace our podcast in this, our first year. Now, a reminder that in our next podcast, landing on the 22nd of December, we'll have a very special guest. It's the new Red One squadron leader, Tom Bold, who's looking forward to leading the Red Arrows for the next three years, starting with, we all hope, a full display season in 2021. So a perfect way to end this rather strange year. Remember, you can keep in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, at Top Landing Gear, and do email us with your comments. And keep those questions coming in for our aviation expert, James Cartner. We'll hold over any questions that we get in the meantime until series three gets underway in january and our email address of course is info at toplandinggear.com that's info at toplandinggear.com two g's. Two, g's. two g's and however you're listening to us please recommend us to your friends and family and do leave a review especially if you've enjoyed it in the meantime thank you for listening and from all of us have a great christmas and a very happy new year see you in 2021. <laughs> Happy Christmas! Happy, Happy Christmas. Christmas! This is Top Landing Gear.